Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show. Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our hero's journeys. This is Taking Flight, an entrepreneur's journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. Hello, and welcome to EO Atlanta Taking Flight podcast. Um, This is something I spend my week looking forward to. I always enjoy our guests, and I always hope uh, our listeners and our viewers are learning as much as I am from speaking to these incredible entrepreneurs. Um, Today is no different. We have somebody who actually is an expert in the whole space of podcasts. So anyone who's actually thinking about setting up a podcast, this is the podcast for you. So our guest is a marketing strategist and entrepreneur. He has a passion for B2B marketing and podcasts. He's also the author of Marketing Automation Unleashed, and he's host of both the Hardcore Marketing Show and the Creating to Learn from This Individual. He's also the founder and chief evangelist of Ringmaster Conversational Marketing. Welcome, Casey Cheshire. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here, Casey. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be sitting here. So let's put it that way. So thank you so much. And is it Cheshire or Cheshire? I think you're the one that should be telling me what the last, <laughs> how to say my last name. <laughs> I was, yeah. I mean, well, it's said in different ways, even in the UK. So Same. I say it both ways. It? Okay. You say it both ways. Okay. Yeah. okay. Very good. So, um, so Casey, we, yeah, we know how instrumental you have been in the EO Atlanta podcast. So I really, I'm looking forward to having this conversation, but I really want to understand more about like your journey because you are an entrepreneur in your own right. So what did you get right when you took your first flight? It was all about the passion, the passion. And I didn't even realize it at the time, but it was perhaps not listening to the logical side, not, not giving as much attention to the more logical things. And it was that late night, don't mind working on my laptop at 8 p.m. while watching a TV show with my wife. It was that, you know, burning the candle, but it didn't even feel like burning it. And and so I think rather accidentally, I got right a fixation on doing something I was passionate about. And then that expanded into a company and into my first first flight. And I'd done that previously and didn't even realize it was also passion-based. So I'm very much launching things tied into things that I love. And and I, I never feel like I work. I feel like the police department in my local city is going to come knock on my office door and tell me I need to go to high school that I'm, I'm like, I'm skipping school or something. Uh, and it, the, it's actually a dream and I'm going to be, you know, brought back to some cold office somewhere. So I feel very fortunate. You know, and I, and I know that's true about you because this, you haven't just said this to me once. I think you've said it to me twice. You said, how is your Monday going? Or or you've asked me like how my Friday is going and what do you think of Mondays? And I'm like, oh, you know, like Mondays, yeah. And you're like, I love, love Mondays. I do. I mean, you genuinely <laughs> love Mondays, yeah. 
Should I write? I should write a book about loving Monday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could definitely, we could put a great theme tune together for that one. So, um, cause I'm thinking of, you know, many songs coming to mind right now. I'm not a great vocalist. I'm not going to sing them, but yeah, you love Mondays. And I think, uh, I do agree with you. I feel like there is a level of, um, of not saying running a business is always easy, but you're right. When you are shaping your own journey, um, and you kind of dictate your day, you know, it doesn't feel like you're going to work, does it? No. And, and I think we can all relate to the fact that it's hard <laughs> and I'm not saying it's not hard. No, it's it, it, nothing about being passion focused means that it doesn't get hard, man. Yeah. It can be such a grind sometimes, yeah. but I think having it be tied to a passion where the majority of it even if you're trying to work on your numbers and improve things, you still light up when people ask you about yeah. that topic. And that was always the signal for me is when, you know, if you ask me a question about this or that, and I might, you know, okay, yeah, I'll tell you about that. But in early on, if you asked me about Pardot, you know, yeah. marketing automation, I would just launch into this diatribe all about capture, nurture, automate. And I would just talk through it and talk your ear off. And my poor family members had heard me talk about it all the time. Like that's the signal is that yeah. you won't shut up about a topic, you know? Yeah. And so that was, that was my signal that, Hey, I I'll just talk about this till I'm blue in the face. And so, yeah, when it does get hard, it's still something that you enjoy. And that really just gives me a little bit of extra edge to push through those, those grueling moments. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Has there been um, a particular person who's been on, on the journey with you, Casey, a co-pilot? Yeah, you know, it's a really interesting. In all of my companies, I've never had like actual partners, but I've had members on the team that feel like partners, you know? And, and I think one of the things we do when we're doing the hiring is we let people know, here's our, here's our vision right? Like a Cameron Herald, vivid vision, like here, here's where we want to go. Does this sound illogical to you? Then maybe it's not the right place. But if this sounds like something you'd like to do, maybe you're crazy like us. Yeah. Early on, I would hire people to just tweet it about how much they loved Pardot, right? Mm -hmm. And we would hire the people that had bejeweled notebooks that had Pardot with fancy letters on it, right? Because it didn't matter about much else other than the fact that you were passionate too. So I yeah. tend to hire people who are also a little bit on the crazy spectrum who want to go after a mission um, just as much as I do. So it feels like a partnership. I think a lot yeah. of the time. That's really great to hear. Yeah. And how lucky um, those people are to be, you know, the part of, of building something with you. That's right. You hear it, that guys? You, know, you hear, you hear how lucky yeah, you are. You hear, I mean, <laughs> Because, I mean, it doesn't always happen that way. And sometimes sure. you can have situations where, you know, it feels like the leaders are running the show and they are not, I'm not trying to say dictating, but, you know, it's like, but when you are considered somebody that people want to listen to and that your voice does matter, I think that is wonderful and so valuable to the business leader as well. 100%. So, um, yeah. So any particular challenges? I'm sure there are. I mean, no day goes by, as we know, where there isn't a challenge. But is there something like significant you have been working on? Maybe it's for the last six months or something like that you can share with our listeners. Um, I'd love to kind of just dig into it and see what what was that challenge? How did you how did you solve it? What did it look like? Yeah, I think 
you know, whenever there's a strength, there's a weakness attached to it. And sometimes when there's a, a weakness, there's a strength attached to it, right? It, it, yeah. it kind of balances itself out. And I think yeah. the opposite weakness that can appear to a passion as a strength is, uh, it's a little bit of that, dis- that reality distortion. I think, you know, Steve Jobs had this. I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to this. If you're so driven for a passion and you have this vision, you want to see it come true, you can completely or, or partially ignore reality in order to pursue that. And so what I've had to learn over the years is a, a healthy respect at certain scheduled times, reality checks to, to make sure numbers are good, to, you know, yeah. to be fiscally responsible and to yeah. be thinking about P&L statements. And I don't need to go through them all the time, but I need to, on a regular yeah. basis, know what my numbers look like. And also think about planning. I think sometimes my natural state is that let's let's do this. Let's try this. Let's try this out. Yeah. So I really try to balance this out with people on my team who are like, hold on a second. Let's 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 figure out what are the steps we need to take. Like, here's where I'd like to go. What do we think we need to do to get there? And mm-hmm. so just taking a pause to think, okay, what are the numbers that get us there? And what should the numbers actually be? And what would the numbers be next year that would make you happy, right? Just a little bit of intentionality is really where I try to go. So it's like being intentional about the numbers, being intentional about a plan. And Mm -hmm. because with a plan, I know that things will come true as opposed to left to my own devices. I might go into my next idea. So it really helps focus me. And I think that's the the other side where you can let it run away with you and Mm -hmm. very easily have the wrong numbers and the wrong setup. And then things aren't working, right? Very easily even though you're passion driven. So yeah. that's kind of the balance that I've really been wrestling with. Okay. That's interesting. So is there, I mean, I know, um, and again, I've had to learn this from running frenzy, you know, that getting into a cadence of, you know, numbers obviously tell a story. So what is your cadence of looking at those numbers so that you can see what stories are, you know, have, have happened, what's happened in your business, what's happened with your clients based on these numbers. So is there, a, is there a cadence you have Casey? Like, is it like a Monday afternoon? You, you know, you, the, all the numbers come in and you look at them. I don't know. How do you do that? Yeah, it is on Mondays and it that ties into, we do EOS. We're doing yeah. you know, weekly L10 meetings. We call them yeah. show circles because it, we named it after, you know, what we do at this company, but, right. but we do have that weekly cadence and Monday is our, Monday is our not a manic Monday. It's a logic Monday. We are, right. we're looking at scorecards. We're looking at numbers and I'm already in that zone. So yeah. we're talking through project checklists and, and really that's the time where, you know, it's not good to do that on Friday. Cause then you're just going to think about it all weekend. Yeah. But you that's hit true. it on Monday, you hit it yeah. strongly. You spend the rest of the week addressing any of the situations that come up. Yeah. That's really, really good. I love that. Um, so is there a, um, a favorite book that you might want to recommend, Casey? Uh, I know you're an author yourself, which is fantastic, but something that you've read that you think, um, you know, just you would like to share. Oh, gosh. Uh, so, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to I'm going to put a, a like a partial answer in there and then try to get to an answer. OK, I was not all that into reading as much as I I should. Right. So I might do an audible book and yeah. that kind of thing. So last year, I think I might have six or, or eight books read. 
But a shout out to my wife, Tina, who is a librarian. She's a reader. I think she hit 75 books last year. Oof. And you know what? You become like the people around you. That's so and true. so I, I will say I ha had a set of goal this year to do 23 books and I'm up to 29 already. So wow. I, I'm really, I'm reading, right? I'm reading yes. a lot. That's and and I, also, I also think that it, it can't all just be business books. I think I've gotten yeah. some of my best business inspiration from non-business reading. And so well, yeah. you know, some people yeah. say, you know, fiction's not really my thing. And I think Tina would tell you that you just haven't found your genre yet. You just haven't found right. the kind of book you like. And I think it yeah. was this year where I unlocked, I like a particular kind of sci-fi book and a particular kind of action book. And so a lot of these books and inspiration came uh, from these fiction books. And I will say, thinking to Dan Sullivan and, and finding some free time, right? Some time for you just to recharge your batteries. Reading a business book does not recharge your batteries. It is forbidden on a free day <laughs> to read a business book. Yeah. And you need a you need a non-business book. And so I've had a lot of really good books. But you know, one of the ones I'd want to call call up, um, because I'm, I'm I pulled up my Goodreads because that's how I keep track of yeah, you know, 29 books is hard to keep track of. So uh yeah. <laughs> uh the one that I've read recently, it's a short, quick read. It's got cartoons and illustration. Simon Sinek. Right. And we know he's got his wordy books where he crushes on Apple the whole time. But this yeah. book is called Together is Better. Together okay. is Better. It's a short book. Almost every page is a thought you could meditate on around your team. And the thing builds and it talks about three or four different individuals that kind of see the problem. They leave the playground. They it, So a bit of an analogy, a bit of a fable, but mm -hmm. man, hardcore lessons. And at the end, he talks through different lessons that he got from each, each page and things that he's still working on. And I love that. I read that in a down. sitting, okay. you know, in a sitting with a cigar, I might add. And I was, I was just, I was, <laughs> and I was listening to music and I was just, and I was like, yeah, this is the kind of thing I want to do together is better. Let's yeah. do this. And it, it really gets to aspects of the fact that a leader is not the one that we're not, it's not about the accomplishing the goal. It's about the one who can inspire the people on the team yeah. to be their best self. So anyways, a lot of really good stuff. And it felt practical at the time when I was reading. It didn't feel really like in the sky. Oh, okay. there's this guy, a TED Talk guy giving another TED. No, no, this felt very practical. Okay. So that, I think that would be the one I'd recommend. And you said that Simon Sinek? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Together is better. Check it out. I'm going to check it out straight after this podcast recording today because I that sounds that sounds great I love that yeah quick um, read. 29 books yeah you've definitely beaten me although I think I've had my best year for books as well but I'm not on your level not on your level I've got well, to, we got to keep hanging there. out and then eventually you <laughs> we just do. will be challenged be like I can't read 12 books this year Casey's already yeah. at 29 and there's still I know several it's months like, to go exactly I just um so yeah okay thank you for sharing that so what excites you Casey about the future like where are you heading you know what excites me about the future is the passion that i'm on the passion journey that i'm on now yeah. and it's about podcasting it's about a change in marketing it so i spent a decade plus doing a marketing automation company helping people send better spam better emails nurture 
quote unquote, nurture people, yeah. capture them on landing pages, work with Salesforce. And, and it was great, great people on the team. I had a lot of fun. But in the back of your mind as a marketer, you're like, what are we doing? Are, are yeah. we impacting things? What? And then the other thing is, I didn't really know who my 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 client was. I didn't really know. You don't really know. You get so far behind the technology, right? So mm -hmm. marketers, we're not salespeople for a reason. And so I'm a marketer. And and so you find yourself hiding a little bit behind the tech. Right. And so did we hide and do we enable thousands of marketers and organizations to hide behind their marketing? We did. And yeah. one of the things that happened when I was running my last company is that when you, not only when you hide behind the technology or not high, but even inadvertently, you're just sort of obfuscated behind the technology and you see your customers yeah. as ones and zeros that you can start losing focus about who you're serving. And then this also happened, and it's great that we're chatting here on an entrepreneurial mm -hmm. podcast, because as you build a self-managing company, people start managing things around you. And then your input from different customers can really dry up. And so I had built a company where sales was managed. There was a manager, there was a sales team, operations was managed and had great people managing that and great people interfacing with the customer every day. Even finance, there were people interfacing on the billing side. Bye. So how do I get to interface, right? Because you get that proverbial wrist slap if you, if you yeah. jump in on a process and maybe yeah. everything's working fine and maybe it isn't, but where do you go as a leader? And so I actually found it a challenge with vision. And right. the, the tough part was I was being asked to do more vision. You're on an EOS quarterly meeting. Everyone else has their departmental check-ins and they're doing yeah. their thing. And your job is to lead the whole group and tell everyone where you want to go. Well, I don't know where we want to go. Why? Yeah. Because I don't really know what the problems are anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But for years now, I've built a team around me who does a great job. And yeah. so I, it was really frustrating for me. Yeah great people around me, but nobody really knew what to tell me because I'm supposed to be the visionary. And you take one yeah. of those tests and it tells you, well, I guess you're a visionary. But yeah. so I didn't have anything fueling me. And so not even realizing it on a whim, I launched a podcast and I'd even do it to help with this problem, right? right. That was the actual problem. But I, I, I thought I wanted thought leadership and content for my marketing team. And I did. And so I just launched a podcast. But what ended up happening was I started interviewing people in the industry and, and often who were ideal customers and also were the decision makers for those customers. And started, I started chatting with them. And a lot of them were just, were not even prospects, they're just people in the industry. But we started chatting. And then now I started asking them questions and learning from them. And suddenly I know who our customers are if I interviewed them and I know what their problems are. I know what keeps them up at night. And I know you know, they're about their family, what they're trying to do on a vacation trip. But I also know that their team is growing or they have to shrink their team. Like I know these things now. And so yeah. when I had that level of information coming in, I could now really reassert my leadership and, and my vision, create a vision into our quarterly meetings with our leadership team, because I knew these people. And I could say, I just talked to Sarah or Casey or this person, this is what they're experiencing. Yeah, this is yeah. what I want to solve, right? Yeah. And I and I could share that, and I, the passion came back because I was interfacing with the people I wanted to help. The passion was never I just want to do this. It was I want to help people with yeah, this. Yeah, that so, makes sense. So that made me it it just it brought me back to life with that company, and I and I and I appreciated the hell out of it. But then it also did weird things too, where 
I remember I had a, a call with someone who was an awesome CMO of this, this large company. She was absolute badass. We had a great conversation. And then after the call, she mentioned, oh, by the way, we're migrating onto Pardot. And that was the tool that my last company specialized in. It was right. like, yeah. holy crap, this is what we do. Yeah. And this was an accident. And so we got our teams together and it turned into a large deal because we were doing deals with friends now because we, we yeah. created a relationship on the pod. And so what I didn't even realize what happened is this whole old school mentality of marketing where we're emailing numbers and we're following up with people till they turn blue in the face or unsubscribe. Yeah. Instead, I was just having a really good one-on-one conversation with someone, building a relationship, yeah. infusing knowledge in my head in terms of how to serve these people, and then potentially turn them into customers and partners mm-hmm. and all. And I was like, man, this is the this is the way I want to do marketing from now on. Right. I don't want to do this other stuff. Yes, right. we'll have a newsletter. Yes, we'll do some con- we'll do the good side of that, but I never want to be in a position where our marketing is dependent on blasting people through whatever channel we can on a one-to-many basis where you are behind the scenes, right? So, yeah. so I I flipped my script and now I'm just going crazy on the podcasting side because it works and it just feels good doing it too. Yeah. Definitely. So do you, uh, your, the businesses, do you still do the marketing automation? Is that business still going? And, and then nope. so no, you, you are focused on podcasting. I am focused. Yeah. 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 I've gone that. all in on ringmaster and, yeah. and it's great. And it's okay because I found the passion for Pardot, which has since been renamed by Salesforce. God bless them uh, into something. I don't even remember because it's some no. an amalgamation of marketing and yeah sales support and who knows what it's called anymore. Okay. So after about 10 years, I really, I'd been working with it for you know many years before that. So almost two decades working with something, yeah. I was feeling the passion for that. I won't, I won't say waning. I would feel like it was satiated. Like I, I pursued yeah. that passion and I was all, you know, all surrounded and encompassed by it. And then I, I felt good afterwards. So I wrote that book, uh, marketing automation unleashed available now on Amazon. So I wrote that book as like a capstone saying, here's everything I've learned over the last two decades about this. Take this. You don't need to hire me anymore to tell you this stuff. This is everything I know. That way I can put a period at the end of that sentence and then shift focus completely onto the next thing. And I've already planned that this will probably happen again Mm -hmm. in a decade and a half or two, depending on Right. And that's okay. Right. But, yeah. but I'm just going to, I'm going to stay closer to that and, and keep yeah. better track of that. So I don't lose focus. Yeah. That's great. Wow. I can feel your excitement and energy yeah. and um, the tenacity, the tenacity you have as well. Like you are, you want to be an entrepreneur and you're going to follow your passion and, and you're doing that. And I, it's very, you know, actually I've met a few people lately um, similar to you, Casey, who felt like they, they had just done it for a long time um, and they switched, became, still became, still was an entrepreneur, but just switched their, put their passion into something which was now more meaningful and relevant at the point at the time of their life. And, yeah. um, and sometimes massive switches from what, you know, e-commerce type, type campaigns and initiatives to running a shop and selling something really kind of quite, you know, just very different customer base, everything different. But again, that 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 passion and vision for what you want to do and just executing on it. So yeah, I admire you for for doing that. And um I think it's wonderful. So I want to learn a little bit, Casey, about who are you? Like pre-flight, before you took 
that journey and you took off as an entrepreneur all those I don't know how long ago now um because you I know you were doing the last business for a good 10 years so tell me a little bit about you know what what that looked like your younger life looked like to allow you to be an entrepreneur you know it I was just a a shy quirky kid playing soccer in the schoolyard at elementary school and we did a school play right and this is like an all class play so the entire fifth grade was going to be a part of it and we had auditions and we read a little bit of it and there was the cool guy character right and i thought yeah that'd be cool i'm gonna audition for the cool guy yeah, yeah. which every other fifth grade boy auditioned for yeah. that part as well yeah but the main character was this nerd think like urkel right and this was right this was several more decades ago. Uh, and so the main character was this computer nerd who had a computer that could time travel, right? And, and I wanted the cool kid part, but darn those teachers, they cast me as the lead role of this nerd kid in this play all about communication and computers, right? Lo and behold, I eventually get a computers and communications degree, right? I get like a comp sci, go programming, and I go communications was that foreshadowing? I don't know. But what it did is it woke me up to the fact, wow, it actually did a really good job. And my dad helped me memorize the lines and I improved a whole bunch. I made a whole gymnasium full of parents laugh at things right. I had made up. And, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. That rush yeah. of making people laugh. And, yeah. and so that started a whole journey for me around, you know, actually the journey, sixth grade, I was cast as Indian number seven. And the other right. lead character that was my buddy, he got cast as, you know, Indian number eight. So, so I definitely had a nice humble thing after. It wasn't like, oh, off to Disney. You yeah. know, it was like, <laughs> it was a little taste. It was like just yeah. a little taste of, yeah. hey, this is cool. And, and yeah. so I, I pursued different things, including magic. So I was a magician as a kid. And mm. one of my earliest businesses was doing magic shows for people at birthday parties. Wow. You know, 12 year old kid. Yes. You know, I hired and many of them. I know what that. You yeah. know, I yes, know. I did that. Yeah. But here's a here's a quirky thing that I did. And looking back on it, it's like, this is weird, right? This is okay. I had a red binder, and I had this piece of paper on it that it was printed out already. I printed out several of them. It said the date, the location, what party it was for, what was the event. I basically had an after action report for every show I did, where I would talk through you know, who was the client? How much did I get paid? And I had a little paid stamp that would stamp the paper. This is like a 12 years old. Yes. And then if I used any consumable materials, like if I pulled ribbons out of my mouth, you can only do that once. Yes. Right. And, and I would, I would write that up after every show. And I was like, what is that? Why? Nobody told me to do that. I just, I just did that. So this would begin a process of me, you know, doing these shows for people. I remember the neighborhood kids, came to our, our door one time and like, Hey, do a magic show for us. And I was like, go home and get a dollar and come back and I'll do a show. <laughs> and they did. And they yeah. did. Um, and so <laughs> it was just, it was a lot of fun. I, yeah. I learned, I enjoyed entertaining people. Mm -hmm. I learned, Hey, you could make some money. Mm -hmm. Um, of course those yeah. tricks all cost way more than I ever made. I'm sure. But it was, yeah. it was a start in this whole process and eventually doing communications and, programming and what would turn into marketing and digital marketing right. and marketing yeah. automation. Yeah. Interesting. So the programming kind of, yeah, it does align a little bit with, you know, the software and Pardot and being able, because 
sometimes I feel like, like for me, you talk about when we use HubSpot and things like that, and I have used Paddock, but it's a different type of marketing, you know, because yeah. technology is part of it and uh, automation is part of it. And it's the things I didn't learn at school. I learned about the four P's and I learned yeah. about, you know, the service side of marketing, the strategy and the planning. And now there's this whole tech stack, which actually, you know, I've become pretty good at, but I think, you know, that was interesting how you actually did go down more of the programming side of it, which is makes sense when you went into doing things with Pardot. So yeah, it's funny yeah, how it, what we do does really shape our path. Um, yeah. and, and, and interesting podcasts to think- are like shows yes. I did theater in school yeah. throughout the rest of school. And this is like a that. little mini, little mini show we get to do together. You yeah. Know? I was about so to say fun. exactly that, that those magic shows have allowed you, cause you are very, you know, you, you articulate yourself very well. I know you're, I know you're funny. Um, and I've uh, seen pieces of going. that. I haven't <laughs> seen the magic. I mean, I see the magic in you. I need to get some magic tricks coming out of you can start like taking I have, like a, yeah, I have a some. penny out of your mouth. I don't know, out of your ear. I don't know. You should have. <laughs> oh like, goodness, that is funny. So, um, so just talk a little bit about what problem you know. Do you think that you help businesses solve? You know, with with Wingmaster. I want to kind of, you know, I I you know that this. I'm an advocate for podcasts. Um, I love what you said earlier about get away from looking at customers as zeros and ones. And thinking about them as real individuals and talking to them. So I'm, I'm imagining, but but tell me a little bit about like how does that help businesses? Yeah, and everyone says that, right? Everyone says don't treat them as numbers, but then we do, right? So yeah. I yeah. think that's kind of the conspiracy is that we all say that yeah. customers are important, but then you know if I if I were to ask you, can you name five customers by their first name? You know. Yeah. It's like, that's the kind of question. If we ask that of each other at EO events and at, mm-hmm. at parties, it's a real challenge. Like, can I, and do you know yeah. anything about them Yeah. other than the amount of their annual contract value? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What keeps them up at night? What are yeah. their nightmares? Right. Mm-hmm. We don't really know that stuff. And, and I think that is the kind of relationship I want to have with customers is to know what they're they're going through so that I can try to address that or or introduce them to someone I can address it with. So what what do we help, right? It, these are all tied to my own experience of, wow, this really helped me. The, the challenge was there was no one around. When I launched my podcast, there was Joe Rogan and there was like, who am I going to ask? There was no company to reach out to and say, look, I know nothing, but I need you guys to help me make this thing happen. There wasn't. And so I'm researching what microphone to get. And there's a bunch of audio nerds, but there are no podcast business nerds going, Hey, this is what you need to do. And here's why, you know? So I did so much trial and error. And so the crawl phase was intense. And if you ever go back and listen to my episode number one on the hardcore marketing show, like I do everything wrong that I, that I tell all of our hosts not to do, right? Right. Like, don't do this. I did it. (laughs) Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Um, And so where do we help? We help, first of all, for an entrepreneur, for a founder visionary, we help you fuel that vision, right? Connect you with your customers that you already have. And, you know, this is one of those things that you'll never see it on sales collateral, that kind of thing. And people don't necessarily think of it as that important, but anyone who's ever had that issue where you're just thinking, yeah, I mean, I come up with vision, but do people, am I even connected to any, like we fix that, right? So yeah. we're going to get you to chat with 
you're, you definitely invite your customers on your podcast. I mean, that's a no brainer so that yeah. you can really connect to them and talk to them and, and really have relationships with them so that it's yeah. not just yeah. this one-sided weird thing. So that's, that's a like table stakes at, for a, for a visionary, for a CEO, for a founder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but where do we help the business? So now you've got that vision going on. Now it comes to, well, there's a bunch of facets and there's a bunch of things you have to do. Right now, marketing plays a lot of games with people. And the first game they play is notice me, notice me, right? I play this game. I'm not saying everyone else is guilty and I'm not. I did this too. Hey, notice me. uh, And game part two is ignore everyone else who's saying notice me too. So what do we do? We play all sorts of tricks. We spend a ton of money to go to the conference. We print up fleece blankets with our logo on them and hope that the particular C-suite that we're trying to sell grabs one, right? Or we spam him and his team or her and her team until one of them gets one of our blankets. And hopefully they're snuggling one night and they look at our logo (laughs) and they go, yeah, that's right. I need that service, right? They're games. We're just, and it's so expensive. Right. Yeah. All these conferences, all these things, yeah. all these ads, all, all these things we do. Well, could we just reach out and, and talk to them? Yes. Yeah. A podcast helps with business development and prospecting. Mm-hmm. And in a cool way that doesn't make you feel like a, a used car salesperson, right? Yeah. Ooh, let me, or a spammer. Let me trick someone onto a call. Or yeah. if you've ever used appointment setters and they show up for the call, I've been on those yeah. calls. I don't yeah. pay attention. I check my email. It's yeah. like a break in my day to be able to catch up and maybe exactly. listen a little bit. Or maybe I'll try to hire that sales rep if they're good. But I'm not there to, you know, and so a podcast is different, right? Because you start off a relationship with a gift. Instead of saying, let me take your time to see if maybe I can take more from you as a customer. You mm-hmm. say, look, you're over here. I respect what you're doing. I would love to give you this gift of my time and attention and my audience to help further your career and your company and help their brand grow, right? So mm-hmm. I've got this audience, I've got this platform, let me get you on here. That's a gift. To start a relationship off with a gift is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. way to do it. Here's mm-hmm. a gift. And it's give, 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 as opposed to take, 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 click my email, get on a call with me. That's the other game we play. Get on a call with me. I don't want to get on a call with you, right? So uh, take, take, take. Yeah. So a podcast, people say no to a sales call, but they'll say yes to a podcast invite. So right. oftentimes what we do is we talk to our clients and we say, who are your dream clients? Mm-hmm. Who are the people that you would love to work with? Yeah. And, and not don't, no, dream big, like dream home yeah. run, grand yeah. slam. And oh, well, these people, you know, they won't take our call. They don't know who we are. Well, within weeks, we can get them to sit down with you on a podcast that we help you create and you can chat with them. Now, the hard part then is what are you going to say? And and, yeah. and we help you figure out how to have a show and everything. Uh, but they, they there are no games, right? They will know who you are and what you do by the end of that show. And they'll be thankful for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Really cool. So yeah. there's a business development aspect of podcasts. It's not trickery because you're not getting on a call and spamming them. You're still doing a yeah. good show that makes them feel good. But man, does that skip all those steps and create connections, right? That's our yeah. why as a company, create yeah. human connections. So that's all we're trying to do. So that, okay. that's the aspect of podcasting that, that I love. But then the other aspect is that brand exposure, where if you're a little yeah. guy and you're trying to compete with a giant company, one of the best ways you can do that is have a podcast. Why? Every week, anyone out there, if you connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm a little noisy on LinkedIn because I've got some podcasts that are going on and I'm constantly thanking my guests 
on LinkedIn or my team is right. Because I don't have time for this. So, so you need a team to back you up, but my team is, is constantly thanking my guests on my profile and we're linking to promo clips and we're creating activities. And, and this, this is that exposure. People keep saying, Oh, Casey. Oh yeah. I heard about that other podcast. I heard about that. I heard about that. And so your exposure is there. One of, one of our um, top shows, the client shared with me that he was walking through a trade show and everyone's like, Hey, you're that guy, right? Yeah. That guy. And so you become that guy or that girl at that trade show because you are running that show. And then the final thing is content, right? I did it initially for content and content. You will have more content than you ever needed in your life. You don't need to then go hire a content agency. You will have amazing content because the two experts are chatting on the pod transcripts, blogs. I actually turned a year of podcasting into my book. So if you go get that book and, and even get it as an example, right? And if you have marketing automation, give it to your marketer. But what I do is I actually, uh, across 12 years, 12 years, across 12 months, I made a theme each month had a theme and I interviewed, uh, on a weekly show, I interviewed four people each month on a topic that I, I wanted to learn more about, or I wanted to expand my knowledge in. And each one of those uh, four interviews turned into a webinar where I taught back everything I knew plus what I learned from these experts. And those webinars, I spoke those to my publisher and those became my chapters in the book. Right. right? And so I was able to create a book in no time flat because I had podcasted and filled my brain with this knowledge and, and spoke the book to a publisher where I'd still be writing it right now to this day if I was writing it out over and over yeah. and over. So, yeah. so content will just be flowing from every, every orifice, right? Your eyes and your ears, all the content's everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so those are the kind of things that a pod will do. Okay. Let me just ask you this, because I think I have struggled with, um, not for this podcast, but something I did a while back. You know, I, I do agree. Obviously you get a chance to speak to prospects, but I always used to find it difficult because I, I would want, you know, they would, they would share things on the podcast. And I'd be thinking, oh, that's something I could help with. But, you know, when do you say that? Like, do you say yeah. that in a podcast? No, that feels like now you're selling. Totally. Do, you, do you say it straight afterwards? And then now do they feel like you only invite them on the podcast because you want to work? You know, like, I, I found that hard to know when to do all that stuff. Me too. I know what you're talking yeah. about. And so mm-hmm. what I, we've really thought a lot about this and, yeah. and I've really, gone back and looked at examples of when it worked, right? Yeah. When that migration worked uh, several other times too. Um, first of all, you mentioned this, the key part is this, is one, letting them know what you do that happens on a prep call and yeah. it's done in a certain way so that you're not selling them. You're just letting them know yeah. this is what we do. And here are the people that are in our sphere who listen to the show. Great. Then two is asking those discovery questions on the show. When I ran my marketing automation agency, I used to ask on the hardcore marketing show, uh, I would ask, uh, what's your take on marketing automation? That was my question. Now mm-hmm. I, I knew because later on we pre-selected so that every single guest on the show had Pardot. We knew right. they had this particular yeah. tool that we need needed to be able to help them. Now, if they had HubSpot or Marketo or something, then we, we can't help them, right? But if they had yeah. Pardot, we could help them. So I yeah. knew that they had that, but rather than make it weird, I would just say, what's your take on this general technology. Right. And, and so with that, there's two parts. One is, is asking about challenges on the pod, 
But then two, yeah. and I sort of just brought it up by, by bringing this up is if you do a good job of, if you go hardcore on your targeting, you can go light on your sales. If you, if you go light on your targeting, you have to be really pushy on your sales side. Right. Okay. And that feels yeah. weird, right? Yeah. So when it was like, okay, we want medium-sized companies of this and this shape and size, they yeah. have to have Pardot and they're this size. So they know they can afford us. Boom, 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 boom. Then when you talk to people and you just let them know what you do, more than likely, I, more often than not, I would have people ask me about that on the prep call because we did such a good job. We know they need us and they know they need us and it was perfect. Yeah. And the other yeah. half of the time, it was the, the question discovery. But then to, to answer your question, the final part is when the show is over and you, you, you stopped recording, it's a great time to mention what you heard and then to continue the gift right? It, it's this totally one-sided gift giving thing. It's amazing. It feels so good. It's like Christmas day. So you gave them a gift of being on the show and your time and attention and your focus. And then you have another gift, which is, Hey, I heard you had that issue. Yeah. I've got a guy, I've yeah. got a thing. I know someone who yeah. can help you with that. Yeah. Let me send it to you. In, in, in one particular case with me, they had an issue with reporting. An issue with Salesforce reporting? No, what? What? That never happens. Yeah, it happens all the time, right? So I said, I hear you. A lot of people have that issue. I've yeah. got a guy. He's an expert in that particular kind of reporting. Let me send him over and have him work with your person. Right. And like half an hour, cool. We're, we're buddies now. So yeah. no, no, no. You don't need to sign anything. Yeah. Yeah. Just let me send him over and just help you, right? Yeah. And then sometimes... So it was like, I'll just help you. Other times it's like, no, 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 no. We, we're going to need more than half an hour. Let's buy yeah. something from you so yeah. that it's fair in the other direction. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. But I'm yeah. giving you this gift of fixing your solution still. Yeah. No, I like how you positioned that. It's I remembering that you're actually solving problems. You know, it's like, I think we can get caught up and think, oh, I like, I'm trying to sell them something to benefit me. Actually, it benefits them a lot when you give them something that really solves a problem. And I think sometimes it's quite easy to forget that, um, yeah. you know, so that's a really, really helpful actually how you explain that. So yeah, we just don't know the problems. Right. And if you don't know yeah, the problems, focus how on do the you problem. solve them? Yeah, yeah. All the marketing we do right now is guesswork because we think yeah. this is the issue they have. Yeah. And then nobody clicks in your email. It's like, I guess it isn't really the issue. Yeah. But what is it? I don't know what the issue is. Well, maybe you just ask them what yeah. the issue is. Yeah. I, I agree completely. Wow. Very, very interesting. Love how you shared that. Um, so I, on my notes here, Casey, I was taking a look and it's, it's like, there's a question which I'm going to ask you about. What do you do outside work? But the yeah. one which kind of scared the life out of me is skydiving, I saw, and climbing tall mountains. So you must be an adrenaline junkie. Tell me more. <laughs> a little bit. And I will say this is a yeah. perfect podcast for this. My favorite drop zone is not up here in New Hampshire. It's actually just outside of Atlanta. Oh, Skydive okay. the farm, uh, Northwest. Uh, I'm going to forget the name of the town, but that, that area out there with lakes okay. and woods and no one, okay. um, far beyond Marietta, like way that way. Okay. Um, is a, is a cool little drop zone called skydive the farm. Great people, great atmosphere. And yeah, so I do love a little skydiving from now, now and then, now and then, a little occasional yeah. jump out of a plane. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how or why anyone would do that. Would you do I'd it? No, no, no. Do would you do it if somebody donated money to charity? 
And how much do they have to um, donate for you to do it? <laughs> yeah, a lot. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I would like to feel, I mean, it needs to be something like that. It has to be purpose-led because, yeah. I mean, I'm not benefiting from it, apart from like <laughs> buying as I, yeah. yeah. So you're right. If it was something, that's a really good call, looking at it differently that, that way. But no, I just, that, that is really a worst nightmare of mine. Um, right. So if you're um, listening to this, yeah. you know, chat with your forum, figure out how much money do we have to, to get to donate to get Sarah to jump out of an airplane, maybe for season two on the pod, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You're funny. Don't do that, anyone. Please don't do that. <laughs> She's like, please don't do that. <laughs> please don't do that. So, um, well, this has been such a great conversation. Um, Casey, I love, you know, your passion is fueled with true knowledge of how to do podcasts right. And, um, you know, and again, I'm not trying to not trying to do a plug for you, but I really wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't wasn't for you. And I've learned so much about the right way to do podcasts uh, and I'm still learning. So thank you for all of that. But how can people connect with you? What is the best way? Sure, sure. Drop me an email. That's the easiest one. Casey, C-A-S-E-Y at ringmaster.com. And that's the website too, ringmaster.com. Uh, check out some of our shows. Check out some of our shows. Bunch of yeah. bunch of EO members have some great shows and they are in touch with their customers because they're interviewing. They're the person at the event because they yeah. they have the show. So uh, but if you have any questions, you know, I'm I'm a EO Boston member, so uh I'm not here to pitch anyone. So if you want an mm -hmm. experience share, you want to hear more about what it takes. Mm -hmm. If you want to know what microphone to get, I'm happy to just share the information with you. You don't have to work with me. But if you yeah. do want some guidance and just want to let someone take care of it for you, that's what we're here for. We're here so that you can just run your company, do your unique ability, and we set up mm -hmm. the show for you. So ringmaster.com is a place to go. Um, my podcast to check out, uh, there's a couple, but uh, the two are Hardcore Marketing. It's a hardcore marketing podcast. That's the one I've been doing for a long time. It's a good example of the style of show we do. Mm -hmm. And then the other pod, which may interest people, is Creating the Greatest Show, which is a podcast about podcasts. Yeah. Thank you, Casey, so much for joining us. Thank you. It's been awesome. Good. Thank you to um, our listeners, our viewers. Um, I have no doubt that you would have learned something today. I know I did. I jotted a few things down, particularly that book. I'm going to go check out as well. Um, we appreciate you um, subscribing uh, and being our loyal followers and listeners and have a great day, everybody. Thank you again, Casey. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. For more information about EO Atlanta, visit eoatlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.